Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons and also podcast MN at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2021 Buicks. <clears throat> this segment also brought your way by Craigens Golf Courses, Legacy and uh, Dutch's 18, the uh, Par 3 course, all the great amenities that Legacy has to offer. So, uh, uh, be sure to uh, check that out. Chris, a uh, big week, of course. The 2020 Tour Championship is in the books, and uh, Dustin Johnson goes wire to wire to win it. And uh, in that odd uh, tournament, uh, he wins uh, and takes home $15 million. Actually, I think Shoffley would have won if it was a, a regular tournament, shot for shot kind of thing. But uh, Right, if if if... if. Dustin didn't start the tournament at 10 under. I think Shoffley was, uh, oh, four under to start the tournament. Shoffley would have actually won the tournament by two shots. So Yeah, yeah, and Johnson still would have won the FedEx Cup as, if they did it the way they used to. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I thought the most exciting one they ever had was when Tiger won $10 million and Phil won a million for winning the tournament. Um, I think that kept everybody glued in there, but... Uh, certainly, sure, t- Tiger won in his first tournament, you know, in six years, five years, or six years, or whatever it was. Definitely had uh, had people's interest. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Dustin is just everybody's talking about him. Of course, his game was uh, he just was able to slam the door on everybody. A few people kind of made a short run at him, but he he pretty much led wire to wire and seemed to be in complete control. Yeah, he, uh, you know, gosh, he's gone uh, second, first, second, first the last four weeks. And uh, he is certainly, you know, he's very much in control of his golf ball, and he's he's putting very well. We're going to talk to Peter Sanders later uh, in the program about just that and kind of statistically what Dustin's John done since the restart. And, um, yeah, you got to hand it to the guy. He, he, uh, he shoots – 80-80 to miss the cut at uh, the week before uh, the tournament in Minneapolis, and then he shoots 79 and withdraws with a bad back. Yeah, uh, and then comes comes back and he's he's had a heck of a four week run. And he uh, starts the off season now, a uh, three day off season. Then he's going back to work <laughs> as an eight eight to one favorite to win the U.S. Open in two weeks. So. Uh, and he's already among the favorites to win the Masters, of course. But that's how odds makers always are. Anybody right. who's hot moves up to the top. If not for John Rahm, sixty-six footer the previous week, uh, uh, Dustin might have won three in a row. Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, twenty-three wins now for Dustin Johnson for his career. That's awfully impressive. Yeah, he's getting into some rarefied air there. I think that puts him in the top maybe twenty-five of all time. Everybody who's ever played, so his winnings. Uh, I don't really love the uh, dollar figure because it doesn't really compare era to era, so that doesn't matter career earnings, except to say that they're all wealthy now. But yeah, twenty twenty fifth all time though. You're in a pretty select group of guys who've ever won twenty three golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. So that's right. And he's probably yeah. probably you know, player of the year, I would think. Yeah, you know, uh, PGA Player of the Year, PGA of America, uh, it came out on uh, on Tuesday, and that that's actually Justin Thomas, and they they use a points criteria for that one. Oh, okay. 
Um, and, you know, even though Dustin has had a great, um, you know, last five or six weeks, if you go back to the, the start of the season, he, he was out, he had knee surgery last September, didn't play again until the President's Cup, and then really during the start of the season before we shut down, he's had a great run here since the, uh, since the startup again. So, uh, he wasn't able to accumulate enough points to, uh, get past Justin Thomas, but, uh, uh, Justin Thomas wins PJ, PJ of America player of the year. The PJ tours player of the year is a vote by the player. So we'll see what happens there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I would think it sure seems like he's in charge as far as that goes. A tip of the hat to uh, Xander Shoffley as he, like they say, uh, he he got an A plus rating from uh, from uh, CBS Golf, an article I was reading about uh, uh, the tournament for shooting 15 under par, basically, and would have won it. Justin Thomas, a little bit uh, too deep a hole from uh, his his putter didn't work perfectly. He's so good about he he, he reminds me of uh, I don't know Phil and Sevy kind of. For as great as Justin Thomas is, he hits more big slices off the tee. You know, he, <laughs> he it's it's kind of. I know he's trying to get distance because he's not a very big yeah. guy, but uh, man, he's he's in some stuff and he gets out of it. <laughs> yeah, he he is. You know, while he hits it offline a lot, he really doesn't have many driving errors. Uh, and he tends to, you know, he tends to get it back in play. And his weakness is definitely his putter. Uh, uh, that's one of the questions I'm going to have for Peter here later in the show. But um, if he putted better, um, you know, I think let's see for for the week his uh, you know his strokes gained putting. He, he gained one and a half shots on the field for the week in putting. Well, you're not typically the winner every week is in the is in the you know six to eight to nine uh, strokes gained on the putting green. So uh, you know that just shows you how good the rest of his game was to finish second this week and uh, why he's had such a great year despite his putting. Yeah, Peter's probably in his glory. He's a stat guy, and they had the big tournament. And uh, Dustin, uh, as far as stats goes, was. Uh, not only just shooting real well, but also uh, stat-wise, he was about as good as he can play, so or as good as he's ever been. So I guess naturally uh, he moves to the top of the class, and uh, like we said when it started uh, last week, we were talking about it. When You can't really argue with the the formula because the number one and two players in the world were paired together on the first two days. So um, yeah, That's a great point. Whatever worked out on the PGA Tour also worked out on the world rankings with the uh, Ram and DJ starting number one and number two. We'll be back with Peter Sanders after this break. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Want to welcome back to the show our good friend of the, the podcast, Peter Sanders. Peter's the founder of uh, Shot by Shot, a statistical analysis company. And um, um, gosh, Peter, the third or fourth time on the show this year. We sure appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I love coming on, and uh, I'm happy that you uh, think that I'm worth three or four visits. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you always provide some great insight and uh, and nuggets of information, and I wanted to get you on this week to talk about uh, 
Dustin Johnson's stellar play over the last four or five weeks. It, uh, boy, he certainly uh, separated himself from the pack in the FedEx Cup, Peter. Yeah, he did. And uh, it was, in a lot of ways, it was Tiger-esque when Tiger was in his prime. Uh, you know, three events where he won one of them dramatically, uh, tied for the lead in the other, in the second, and then and then won the third. That, and these are the the best players in the game playing and trying to trying to beat him. Yeah, I, I was just I was just looking at his some of his stats we'll, that we'll talk about. But gosh, over the last five events, he he's seventy five under par. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that is incredible. That's amazing, and and what what's even more amazing to me, and and just shows you how hard golf is. You know, he he, uh, if you go back to uh, uh, he won the Travelers Championship back the last week of June, and then he the next his next tournament he shoots eighty eighty to miss the cut at the Memorial. And then shoots seventy eight and withdraws from the three M, and then he gets on this streak where he's, you know, hundred over par, hundred under par for the last seven or eight events. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a crazy game, and I have to believe some of that had to be emotional that he didn't feel like playing. Um, I know the players that I've worked with have confided in me when they had they went to a tournament that they had committed to play in and just didn't want to play. Sure. And and so uh, guess what? They missed the cut. Right. <laughs> it uh, just like anything else you do in life, or if, if it's a job, it's a job, and some days you don't want to be there. But uh... yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's uh, let's talk about um, the FedEx Cup and, and his dominance. What what separated Dustin from everybody else? What what did he do so well? Yeah, this I thought there would be something, and uh, I poured over the the stats. As you know, I um, understand the tour stats, and a lot of people don't. They think think they think they say things that they really don't say. Um, but but this is my business, so I've studied them and I get it. And I've collected a, an array of what I think are the most important of the tour stats. And I look at those. And, of course, the, the four strokes gained, you know, strokes gained off the tee, uh, strokes gained approach and, and, and around the green and putting, of course. They, they tell the story. The problem is they're just abstract numbers with a ranking in it and uh you know there there needs to be an explanation of okay if you were really good at it why what did you do Mm -hmm. and if and if you weren't what was it that is so anyway i looked at all those and looked at the other top 10 i call them the other nine that finished in the top 10 of the fedex cup and i was saying okay uh, Dustin was number one in this in this event, but he wasn't number one multiple times. Number one in that, um, but so were they. You know, obviously John Rahm won one of the events. He was a number one in a lot of things, and I wasn't finding anything that I could say according to those stats that clearly set him apart. You say, "Aha, 
he separated himself by by uh, <clears throat> 14 shots, you know, 11 in the first, and he tied, and then he won by three. He separated himself from second place by 14 shots. What was it? So I, I then went back to this the, the data that I run from the shot link stats, and um, it, it jumped off the page because I look at errors. In addition to all the good things, sure. I think er- errors play such a big part in the game that I have had my genius programmer, who, who's a really good friend, um, we, we've created algorithms that pull them out. Now, of course, some of them just jump out. A penalty, there are penalties in the uh, Chalink data. The, the tour just doesn't recognize them or display them. Um, there's the lost ball, there's out of bounds, there's penalties, there's recovery shots. But but there's no stats on those, um, you know. So we pulled them out, and it and it was that that was, in my opinion, the big difference of what Dustin did or didn't do. That that the other nine, when I focus on them, and and obviously the the field did, and you know. So those for people who haven't read read my stuff, that you know, driving errors. There's a there's a few types. There's the, you know no shot. Mm-hmm. You've hit hit it behind a tree under a bush and you need an advancement. Then there are the penalty results. Uh, just a, requires a drop and a and a lost ball out of bounds, which is very infrequent on tour. Although Tiger won the won the uh, Arnold Palmer Bay Hill years ago with a with a, an out of bounds on his final round. Um, Anyway, so there's those in the approach shots, and I just say, you know, a penalty result, hit it in a hazard, or um, and then short game um, shots that miss the green and require four or more shots to hold out. So that, you know, when a tour player misses the green with his hand shot, they usually get it up and down from there. So that to me, that's not really a mistake. But if they miss the green and it takes them four to get down, that's an error. Sure. And then, and then, and for this study, I I counted three putts, and obviously not every three putt is an error. Um, if if you look at the the fit, the two point zero make range for the PGA Tour, it's basically thirty five feet. So a two a three putt inside that could be considered an error. But outside that, not necessarily an error. But for this, because it was the top players on tour, it was really functional. I just said, okay, how many three putts? And let's call them all errors. And I found that <clears throat> Dustin made half of the mistakes as the top. Well, he made uh, you know sixty percent of the mistakes that were made by the by the other nine and half the mistakes, half the errors that were made by the field. But even more important than that, the cost per error for Dustin was half of what it was for the field and just a little over half what it was for the other nine. So the fact that he was able to keep the ball in play and when he did, trip up a little bit, recovered way better than the rest of the field. So I allocate um, eight of his 14 shots to those, the lack and lack of severity of his errors. Hmm. 
that that's substantial. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty telling uh, telling tale there. I mean, when you when you're comparing him to the the very best in the field, and he's got that big of you know an advantage there, that uh, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was pleased that I mean that it came through that clearly um, because you know normally you can say oh well like in the <laughs> like in the uh, uh, Northern Trust he, he hit ninety percent of the greens <laughs> that's yeah. the winners on tour average seventy percent of the greens and the, you know the average of the tour is is sixty percent of the greens and so hitting 90 hitting nine out of 10 greens uh in one event is phenomenal but uh but then he didn't do it he didn't continue that for the rest of the fedex cup so i I, so that that went off the table and then you know uh so you know it's all the things that i look at that normally separate uh somebody from winning one event um i i had to find something that that carried over all three right and did did I did I read right that uh, he hit every single par f- five and two in the tour championship? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> almost right. He went for every single okay. par five okay. and two, and uh, and I had the, and then he hit most of them. Wow. Um, but but I've never seen you know the, the um, I've never seen somebody go for every every par five but i don't always look at that it to me that's that's not that important of a stat it's really what's your average score on the par fives and and peter do you say that because you know every player in the field is capable of hitting the vast majority of par fives and two two so it's not a huge advantage or what what would be the reason for that well yes Virtually every player, you know, I work with Zach Johnson, and he's known as being shorter. Although he's not all that short, he goes for most par fives and two. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the way the game is now. If if if, if any of them hit a good enough drive that they have a shot at, it, I don't care if it's two eighty away, they go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I we we didn't talk about this before coming on the air, but. You know, Bryson. Ha- we we talked about Bryson DeChambeau about three or four weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, he ha- you know he hasn't played nearly as well the last uh, uh, three tournaments. And do you have, um, without doing some research, do you have some uh, statistically why that that's taken place? I don't. I would say anecd- anecdotally, what I've seen when I watch him on TV is that his uh, prodigious length is not paying off for him uh, like it like it did early on in in the year, um, and which means that he's making mistakes. Sure, you're listening to our interview with Peter Sanders, president and founding partner of Shot by Shot on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also, find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and Podcast MN, a great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, also under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Uh, This segment brought your way by uh, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2021 Buicks. 
Also, Holiday Cross, Holiday Cross Lake and Mill Avenue stores. Be sure to stop by for your snacks and fuel and get ready for the golf course. And I also want to thank uh, Cragen's Legacy Courses. Bobby's and Dutch has been sponsoring us as well this year. Outdoor and inside dining as the fall comes up and uh, all kinds of great golf left at Cragen's. Now back to our interview with, uh, from Shot by Shot, Peter Sanders, good friend of Chris's, and uh, they're going to break down a little bit of what might happen at the U.S. Open. Peter, we've got the, the U.S. Open coming up next week, and uh, in your backyard there in, at Westchester in New York, give us some of your thoughts on uh, who you think are, are going to be the contenders and, and um, what, what's the weather going to be like next week, and, and what do you think the condition of the golf course, how it's going to play, and those type of things. Boy, you got me with a lot of hats on there. I know. <laughs> Meteorologist. I was I was getting teased by my friends last week when we scheduled a golf game and and it was raining all morning and I said to them, you know, the unwritten rule, you make the decision at least looking at the first tee. You don't make it at home. And and I said, and it's going to clear up. And so they were giving me a hard time, but sure enough, just before lunch, the sun came out, and we had a great day. But, um, you know, I haven't looked at the weather. The, the weather here is, uh, you know, fickle. Um, but I'm assuming that it will, you know, it'll be what it will be, and mm-hmm. let's assume it's fine. I would believe that the they're going to have the rough up really high. Yes. And, uh, and, and they, I've already been told by friends that are, are members there, that they have brought the fairways in dramatically. They're as, they're as narrow as they've ever been. Mm. So, so it's going to it's going to test the accuracy of players off the tee, and I think that bodes well for Dustin. That that beautiful little cut that he can hit is just phenomenal. How far he hits it and how straight. Yeah. Um, and then he has the strength to get it out of the rough when he is in the rough. But so I, I would. Uh, I don't think there'll be low scores. I think I bet par is a good score. Uh, I sort of hope it is. And um, the I think the usual subs, suspects will be in there. You know, Shoffley is awfully straight and consistent. Um, I think I think he's got a puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. Well, as well as he played last week, you know. I mean, he he, he was he was the gross champion of last week. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he he amazes me, and he's not a big guy, but you know, neither is uh, neither is uh, Justin Thomas. Comes out of his shoes with most shots he hits. Peter, t- talking about Justin Thomas, it uh, when when. You look at his stats. I mean, he's his approach play and his driving are so well, and it seems like his um, even though he you know he he's won I think three times this year, and it seems like his putting is what generally lets him down. And um, if 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 he has a good putting week, he you know wins or finishes top five. If he puts poorly, he's you know way down the leaderboard and. Would that be your take on on his game? Uh, it, a bit. Um, I 
I don't think that his putting, when he's not on, puts him way down the because he's not three putting. Or he's just missing those those fifteen, eighteen. I mean, he makes a lot of long putts when he's on. Mm-hmm. I I think what puts him way down the leaderboard is when he does not drive the ball well, okay. or I should say accurately. Sure. And and my theory on that with someone who puts that much effort into their into their drive. Um, impossible for them to be on all the time. Um, the, the difference I would bring up is you look at Dustin Johnson, it doesn't, doesn't look like he's putting a lot of effort into that drive. No. It's just, he stands up to it, boom, boom, one waggle, boom, boom, and it looks so easy. Yeah. He's e- just a big, strong man. Effortless power or powerless effort. Yeah, yeah. And, and by contrast, uh, Justin Thomas, as I said earlier, he he has a very very nice and consistent golf swing. But when you go at it that hard, not much has to be off for that ball to to you know, and as far as it travels, to reach bad places. Yeah, I'm always amazed in the difference in the look of his driver swing and his iron swing. Uh, mm. I, th- I think it's the biggest contrast on tour between the two golf clubs. But, uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point because on his irons, he's smooth, and you know, you just take the next one mm-hmm. instead of trying to hit it harder, unless you're in the rough or something. But, but he literally comes way up onto his two his toes, if not off the ground. Yes. when he swings his driver. Yeah, well, interesting, Peter. Let, let, let's go back to uh, airs, and we, we talked about how good Dustin Johnson was, but you know, the, the average player. Um, airs play a huge role in the scores that that we shoot, and when I look, you know, the players that I coach, when I when I look, analyze their rounds, and um, that is definitely a, a big separator between their good rounds and their bad rounds. The the you know the fewer the airs they have, what uh, how can players? This is a broad question, but how can players eliminate airs? What are what are the, some of the things you see? Uh, well, I, I'm a focus group of one on that, um, uh, but because uh, I, I discovered it in my own game when I was you know, trying to get better and compete at a higher level. And you work on it in a number of ways. Uh, course strategy. Uh, what club do you hit off the tee? Mm-hmm. You don't just grab, drive a driver on every hole. I, I play in a I'm lucky enough to play in a tournament in Bermuda every year. I maybe, I maybe hit three drivers, depending on the wind, uh, which is a big factor, I'll maybe hit three drivers around. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is get it in play, give yourself a chance to hit the giant greens. And so so um, it can be course strategy, club selection, and then you work with your professional coach like you on your on your move on your golf swing right and the other thing and i think we've talked about this before again um and i got this from henry brunton we we played a lot of golf together and and had a ton of fun doing it and he would he'd never teach me during the rounds but afterward he'd say you know you know i think about this i think about that and he said to me you have to develop a second serve hank this is golf, not tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And he said, no. I mean, when you stand on the tee and you've got to get the ball in play, you have to have that shot in your bag. And so we work with me. And it became a slight cut where I choked up on the driver by a little more than half an inch and just made a nice smooth swing, aimed down the left side and hit a cut. And I found that it it was unbelievably successful. And most of the time, I didn't give up much distance. Yeah, especially playable distance. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that's such a great point. Um, I You have to have a go-to shot. And I, I remember playing and my, my first, one of the first big college terms I played in as a freshman in college, um, we were playing, we were paired with the University of Illinois and um, one of their players was, the first couple holes was just hitting it all over the board. And um, all of a sudden he gone to, he went to just hitting these little punch shots the rest of the way around and just, you know, hitting it out in play, hitting it on the green, making a few putts. And it was a, it was such a great lesson because he, he shot five or six under for the day. And he never really, he, he didn't have his A game, but he, he went to that kind of his go-to shot and just got it around the golf course. And, you know, after the round, he's at four or five under. And it's, I'm, I'm like, wow. I mean, that it was it was just impressive to watch, but a good lesson for all of us is that you gotta have you gotta have that go to shot. Yeah, and uh, and you you have to also be able to self analyze and self correct when you're out there. Yes. And that example, if you don't have it, you've got to change something. Right. But uh, but and I I think your point of. Uh, um, you know, course management is really a big key for uh, for most of us as well. And, and, and knowing how far you hit the golf ball, uh, having a reasonable expectation of your shot dispersion, uh, and then aiming away from aiming away from trouble so you eliminate errors. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I've read some and watched some videos of of uh, programs that say. You know, here we're going to give you how far you should aim away from the water and how you know, this and that. I don't see how anybody can can do that reliably because it depends how you're playing that day, what the wind conditions are, and where you are in a match or or stroke play event. Right. Um, you know, you say, "Oh, I'm supposed to aim eight yards away from trouble." Well, <laughs> uh, that doesn't apply every time. Sometimes you don't have you don't have an eight yard window of where you can hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, if, if if the fairway's only twenty five yards right, wide and there's out of bounds left and water right, you better uh, you don't have that eighty yards to work with. Yeah, yeah, we we have a I've, I may have told you this before. We have a the number one handicap hole on our back backside at my club has is a long par four. And it has water on both sides. And the water on the left is all the way down where you would possibly be able to drive. It starts starts in front of the tee and all the way down. But the water on the right is 215 yards out and then all that. So I've discovered through this program that I use <laughs> that I was hitting a drive in that water or the other water one out of every three attempts. 
and it, if I didn't keep statistics on, I would never known that. And, and that usually resulted in a double. So I changed my strategy so that I hit a three wood at the water on the right, because if I, and I hit a little draw with it. So if I, if I hit it dead straight, I, I entered just, just left of the water. If I hit it dead straight, I wouldn't go in. If I hit a draw, I'd be as good, almost as good as my driver. And if I if I hit it poorly and it you know butterflied off to the right, it wouldn't reach the water. And I lowered my average score on the hole by more than a shot. Wow, that's impressive. Well, Peter, that's great stuff. You, uh, you do you have a prediction on a winner for next week? Uh, I'll take Shoffley. All right, I, I think that's a. How about you? You know, um, I, I Shoffley's an awfully good pick. I, I my, my sentimental favorite. I, I, I'm picking Rory McIlroy. Um, he hasn't been playing great, but I think I think he's on the verge of playing great. I love Rory McIlroy, and I understand that he is a delightful young man, a good friend of mine who was a uh, writer for. Golf Digest interviewed him a couple of times, and he said he is the nicest, most down-to-earth uh, player I've ever talked to. And uh, I said, well, you haven't inter- interviewed Zach? <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, um, I think he's got some fundamental flaws. Again, as hard as he goes at it, because he's a little wisp of a guy, mm-hmm. um, that, that creates errors that... You know, he probably doesn't even know he's making errors because they're not in the stats. Sure. And if I were to follow him, I guarantee you, you'd see, you know, great drive, great drive, great drive, dead. Because mm-hmm. he pulls it or pushes it or, or whatever. I also find him to be a very streaky, inconsistent putter. Yes. Yeah, it seems so like... I don't think I like it that he's your chair, but I don't think he has a chance. <laughs> oh well, it. Uh, I was root for him though. Yes, it promises to it promises to be a good week regardless. So yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Well, great stuff, Peter. I always appreciate you coming on and sharing your in, insights and uh, your knowledge on the game. And t- tell everybody where they find you if they're interested in uh, what you do. Yeah, uh, shotbyshot.com. There's a free trial, so anyone can sign up for it, uh, enter around, and see what you get for your the analysis for your efforts. And uh, it's the easiest program out there by less than 50% of the work required for all the newcomers uh, in the game. And and if if you have questions, they come to me. That's awesome. Yeah, I can attest. It's uh, all the students that I have on it, if they're diligent in doing it and they work on their games, they get better. So it's great yeah, stuff. Thanks. And, and ha- how about you, you, you're putting on some great uh, blog posts or newsletters and uh, Niblix is Truth. How do people subscribe to that? Yeah, Shot by Shot blog. Um, and um, it's, uh, yeah, no, I, my daughter is my technical advisor. She's my producer, director, and I'm the quote unquote talent. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt my, about that, Peter. <laughs> and my uh, my son and daughter and wife encouraged me to, to you know write something every week, and 
and uh, put it in there, and, and it's really fun to do. That's great. That's great stuff. Well, well, Peter, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back soon. Thanks, Chris. Let's do this every week. That that would be good. That would be <laughs> good show. So, that was Peter Sanders from Shot by Shot, and uh, thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also on uh, Facebook at uh, Lakes, Woods, and Irons and Podcast MN at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. This uh, segment brought your way by Holiday Stores, Mill Avenue, and Cross Lake. And also by Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2021 Buicks. Chris, we uh, come to the end of the season. Hard to believe how fast it goes by on the golf show, but hopefully uh, we've got a month left of good golf here in uh, our part of the country. Yeah, hopefully a good month of six weeks left. And, uh, uh, yeah, gosh, traditionally September is, is our, one of our best months of the year. So a lot of, uh, lot of golf left to be played in the Lakes area. Yeah, exactly right. Trending pretty good uh, weather-wise over the, over the short term here. A little cool as we speak, but uh, looks like it's going to be pretty darn nice. So I love those fall days. And uh, the golf courses have a little different look about them. They run out a little bit better sometimes in the fall when the grass dries out just a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it should be great. The uh, Winged Foot, of course, is the venue for the U.S. Open. We're two weeks away from that. That's the way this uh, crazy golf season has gone. Crazy year of 2020 in general. So you get uh, a major event, the FedEx Cup Championship for the players, and they don't have any time off now. they got to get ready for the U.S. Open. Yeah, you know, I think th- this week it'll be a, a bit of a weak field at the Safeway Championship in Napa and uh, onto the U.S. Open next week at, uh, you know, Wingfoot, which is just a, it's a very historic venue for the U.S. Open and, and a fantastic golf course and almost always has, uh, you know, a, a great champion that seems like comes to the top there. They've, they've hosted five U.S. Opens, the PGA once, the Walker Cup, the U.S. Amateur, the Women's uh u.s open the u.s senior open so they've got quite a history of uh, championship golf at Wingfoot. a couple weeks ago with rom and dustin when they went four under and won the tournament it's going to be something like that or maybe even a higher score don't you think at Wingfoot? yeah you know when it was last played there in 2006 jeff ogilvy was the winner and, and shot five over uh and that that was the uh that was the year that, that Phil Mickelson, you know, 18th hole hits it into the basically into the into the onto the top of the roof of the clubhouse and um, you know loses by a couple shots and it, it always produces a great championship and it's a very difficult golf course. Uh, some I think the uh, it's always interesting the mindset uh, the guys really have to reset on what they're thinking because they're they've been so used to. Uh, uh, scoring way low this year on courses. This and this setup is going to be just uh, completely different. You have not played Wingfoot, is that correct? I've not played there, but uh, have had a number of friends that have played, and they host a great amateur event every there every year uh, that uh, several students have played in, and my son Michael's played there a couple times. So um, beautiful, you know, typical Northeast. Uh, golf course, old A.W. Tillinghast design, and uh, should be a great, uh, great test and a great venue. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing it without spectators. I, I've enjoyed watching the golf this year, uh, where you really get a get to see more of the golf course because no fans and no grandstands. Tillinghast, he uh, all he did was design Baltistral, Bethpage Black, and Wingfoot. That's 
that's right. That's uh, <laughs> not a bad short list. <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> the course is uh, long and uh, quite difficult, of course. And uh, like you say, the f- five times the U.S. Open's been held there, and uh, never has it been easy. So kind of interesting. I remember Hale Irwin winning there years and years ago. And, uh, again, very similar type scores to what they're doing, probably going to do this year. So I wonder if some of the young guys won't have a hard time being over par but still in contention. Yeah, you know, I think I think everybody's mindset is a little different when they get into a U.S. Open, and it becomes more of a marathon than a sprint. Uh, and, you know, the really the key is, is not, it's not necessarily making birdies, but it's avoiding, you know, double bogeys. And you know you're going to make some bogeys along the way. Birdies are going to be at absolute premium. But if you can just pot your way around and, you know, every round finish around even par, one over, two over, you know, come Sunday, you're probably going to be in pretty close to being in contention. Yeah, it sure seems like it. So uh, uh, the more disciplined guys, although uh, Phil is certainly not thought of as disciplined over the years and some of the other great players maybe not, but they uh, – they do seem to be able to dial it back for tournaments like the U.S. Open, where you have to uh, not be too bothered by a bogey or three in a row even. Maybe you just have to really w- watch out for the great big numbers, which uh, can happen to you quick at a course like Wingfoot. Right. You know, I think, I think that's why, um, you know, when you, if you look at the, the list of U.S. Open winners, you see some... You know names on there that you're going, boy. They they didn't win a lot of other events, or um, right. What, so it it always it brings a little different player to the top. It seems like you know a, a guy like Andy North wins twice. Like he didn't didn't do a lot more in his career other than than a couple of U.S. Opens. But, you know, a guy like Jeff Ogilvy, who a great player, has had a lot, a lot of longevity, but hasn't. You know, it's not like he's won, you know, 23 tournaments like Dustin Johnson. Um, so it, it brings some interesting winners to the to the top, you know. Um, yeah, Andy North's an excellent golf analyst on ESPN. He has two career wins. They, yeah. They just happened Both to be US the U.S. Open, Open twice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Curtis Strange had a great run at the U.S. Open. I think he won two and almost strung together three, which is almost unheard of. Um, yeah, very close to one and three. A fairly disciplined guy by the name of Tiger Woods is going to be there as well. Yeah, Tiger is. Uh, I would never. I would never count Tiger out. And uh, he, he he's not trending in a great direction. But uh, when there's a major on the line and Tiger's playing, uh, you always have to put him on the short list. Yeah, he wasn't trending that well last time around at the Masters either. Uh, no, going going right. into it, but he came out all right. <laughs> yeah. Chris, end of the season now, we want to thank Peter Sanders. Our, he's been on a couple of times with us this year, a couple of times every year. He's always very interesting. He's a, a wonderful guy to talk to, so thanks to Peter. And what a list of guests we've had this year. I think we'll maybe uh, watch our Facebook page and podcast. We may try to do uh, some one-offs there with some of our interviews over the summer because there's a lot of really good content that people can uh, glean from all the guests we've had this year. Yeah, COVID has been good for golf, 
and it's also been good for lakes, woods, and irons because we, <laughs> we were able to get a lot, a lot of great guests this summer. And uh, if you go back in those archives, gosh, there's some there's some great uh, interviews and guests that we had on on throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, this time of year now, Chris, uh, just for uh, for the uh, golfers in the lakes area, what can they be working on uh, down the stretch here? The last uh, maybe five six weeks of the golf season. You know, I think, uh, like you were saying earlier, the golf courses are playing a little firmer and faster. They're dried out a little bit in general. And, yeah, I think the big thing here is just just get out and play and enjoy the game and, you know, keep it in play and enjoy the rest of the year. I kind of got a kick out of uh, Dustin talking about grinding on his game. And they, and uh, Thomas said the same thing after. He said, you know, I played with him when he shot 80. And he said it was the worst he's ever been, the worst I've ever seen him, and uh, I'd never seen anything like it. Then he shoots 80 again. <clears throat> then he comes to uh, Minneapolis and shoots 78 or 79, and he's got back problems, and he just kept grinding like he says. And I know it's not the same, but I've probably grinded on my game more this year than just because I've had more time to play, which has been great. But finally the other night, a little a little breakthrough, you know, where you don't, have any big numbers you uh shoot a 41 or a 42 and think you know this isn't too bad we'll take it <laughs> that's right uh, that's, you know we, we've talked about it on the show before but it, it, you know it it can come and go very quickly you know you, you was, confidence is very fleeting and it, it only takes a, a few bad shots to to ruin your confidence but at the same time you can uh all of a sudden you hit a, a shot or two and you get that feeling back and um you, you have a great round or two so uh you just gotta to be a good player and to be a champion you gotta have a lot of emotional resilience because the, the game can change from day to day and the good players just grind it out and you know bide their time for it to come back i guess you got me pretty steady on the sh- on the short grass a couple lessons ago off the tee, and that uh, for me that's a kind of a mental thing. Just that I've always been quite good off the tee most of my life, fairly long, and uh, that was kind of gone away. And uh, now it's back, and I suppose that's affecting the rest of the game as well a little bit. Well, the, you know the 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 number one factor in scoring is greens and regulation, but I think per- perception wise and confidence wise. We always play better when we tend to drive it well, yeah. and, it, and it and it just sets us up for to have easier shot approach shots in the green. So, um, perception wise, driving is such a huge important part of the game. Chris, another great season. Enjoyed all the uh, time together and also the the uh, lessons this year as well. Just got a news flash as we're talking that Kepka withdrew from the U.S. Open as well. So. He's not going to compete on his uh, on his injured leg, so uh, wow. that's that's a big name out. That is a big name out. I I had not seen that. You know, he's won two of the last three, so that's uh, that's shocking and disappointing. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, great season, Chris. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, Mac. Always enjoy it. You've been listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on thirteen eighty KLIZ.